0: Bye. 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 Everyone, welcome to the Beauty School Bobby podcast brought to you by Tennessee School of Beauty. Today we are, um, we have a very, very special guest with us. We're on the phone with the wonderful Michael Cole. Michael has over 30 years of experience in the industry and specializes now um, in swan business and team building. So he's presented to thousands of stylists in the industry and has an incredible following. So I'm really excited to, um, to get to talk to him more today. So thank you so much for being with us, Michael.
1: Oh, Bobby, thank you. I'm I'm honored that uh, you would extend this invitation to me. This is one of my favorite things to do.
0: Oh, well, good. Well, I want to talk to you because this is actually something that I was trying to research and I didn't get a ton of information about. So I wanted to know how you started in this industry. So where you were at in life and how you got into the beauty business.
1: Well, uh, you know, like a lot of, uh, People that end up in the business, you know, in, in uh, elementary and middle school, you know, my, my parents had, you know, their intentions was that I would go to school and then go on to the traditional college. And little did anyone know that, you know, I struggled in school. So I, I was uh, diagnosed. I had, you know, dyslexia issues, you know, processing issues around uh, literacy and reading. Uh, And just school just came. uh, It was difficult. And so I I just wasn't wired to uh, do college. I I remember pain. It was painful to get through high school. And I remember getting my diploma and saying to somebody, I'm finally done with, you know, prison, jail, whatever. And uh, my my parents said, no, not so fast. You know, you're going to go to college. Well, I, I took the College entrance exam in 11th grade, and I just didn't qualify for anything traditional. So the closest I could come to was community college. And I, and so, you know, I felt pressure to sign up, and I did. And, you know, I did a a day or two, and it was just, it was like deja vu, you know, all over. And so I, I frankly ditched class for that semester until it became apparent to my. My father that i was you know i wasn't in school and that 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 was a very emotionally charged conversation i ended up getting kicked out of the house and you know just started to commence getting a job with you know a high school diploma i worked in a factory for a little while and you know my my father and mother continued to remind me you look you got to do something you you just you can't do this and so uh you know there are no accidents i happen to be walking by a uh a uh hairdressing school uh this is way back forever you know like 72 73 i saw a handful of people outside of the school that were my age you know they had the, the you know the uniform on the 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 the, the, the jacket right <laughs> the yeah. white or the yellow jacket and they were they were looking like they were having fun they were you know and it was like may they were drinking you know coca-cola smoking cigarettes whatever that we were doing back then and and i just said what is this and they commenced to give me their view that oh you it's you know hairdressing school oh oh really like what do you do here and they kind of told me a little bit and i started asking questions like talk to me about math science homework and all the stuff i hated and they said you know there really isn't a lot of that, and how well? How long does it take to get the degree? And I, they said, you know, fifteen hundred hours, well, like you know, nine months, twelve months. So you know, it sounded really cool. I signed up. I went home. I made the announcement, and it really didn't go well. My you know, my parents were expecting me to go to traditional. So I, I did I did well on the hairdressing thing in school. I really enjoyed working with hair. I was ill prepared for the people part of the art, you know, the business part of the art. I, you know, I grew up impoverished, so there was really little to no social etiquette, in and that showed up when I graduated. Um, I, I, I worked uh, in, a, in a company, uh, actually the founder of Aveda, Horst uh, Rickelbacher back in the 70s. It was called Horst of Austria, and he, he hired me. I was his assistant. I just loved him. I loved doing hair. I did well. And I got all the credentials, but I just couldn't grow a clientele. And I met my wife. Now we're coming up to uh, forty-four years. And oh my gosh, I met congratulations! Her and she's a hairdresser. And and she, you know, after she graduates, she's in another company that happened to be teaching the other part, you know, the the people part, the business part. And it was really apparent that she was doing so much better than me, even though I was holding my own with the art. Uh, you know, to make a long story less long, she's, you know, now given birth to her second child. And so it became apparent that I really needed to figure this, something out really quick. And so she entered, you know, I, I knew her boss. He hired me. He began training me. He was my very first coach and, and uh, took me on, took a liking to me, saw something in me I didn't see in myself. Commenced to teach me, you know, the the people part, the 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 business part, and I'm telling you what that was like nitroglycerin on a bonfire. I, you know, that 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 profoundly changed the trajectory of my life. That first year for him, I think I tripled my income. Wow. You know, I, I was I was I was surpassing a lot of the metrics and the goals. I was promoted to teach other people not only how to do hair, but you know what what was I doing around you know client handling. That kind of accidentally got me into the training business. I became a franchisee of that company for a little while, but my soul really was of an educator. So again, to make a long story less long, I got out of the salon business in the mid-80s and began to just do work, working with hairdressers to you know help them to earn better and learn better and live better. Uh, I did that for 10 years. Uh, Redkin signed me. I signed with Redken in 1995. So if you do the math, I think I'm coming up to about 25 years or so now. And uh, I've been on that ride, and it's just been glorious. You know, I've been around the planet a few times. Uh, I've authored a few books uh, uh, that really kind of support the teaching, as you know. And uh, there's been just a whole bunch of stuff that have evolved and now today there are many many people that uh are being served as like communities of salons that are being served by some of the work I've been involved in and I get to work with people that frankly are doing it a whole lot better than I was doing it when I was you know in the field and they're now my coaches it's almost like we coach each other so how's that for an answer?
0: No, that's exactly what I wanted to know. And I want to go back to one of the things that you said because it's something that I hear a lot in the position that I'm in with admissions. Um, But this whole idea of having to have the conversation, um, whether it's parents or just family members, whatever your situation is, if there's somebody that's really putting you um, pushing you into a certain direction, um, whether it's traditional college or just going right to work or whatever the situation is, I think that traditional college is most common. Um, I know that that was my experience. I was There was not another discussion of what I was going to do. It was you're going to go to school. Well, in Tennessee, um, we have the first two years of college are, are free. So I think there's even more people that are being pushed into that um, and that they don't fit. And I think exactly what you said of just like dreading going to class and that feeling of like that pit in your stomach that you can get when you're like, I'm just not interested in this. This isn't what's making me happy um, and having to have that conversation. Um, so what advice would you give to somebody that's either in that situation right now or, or you know how do you, how do you know if what you're doing isn't what you're supposed to be doing?
1: Yeah, I think you have your fingers on the pulse of something very profound, Bobby. Uh, because I I interview now, I I, I interview um, hairdressers that are doing really, really well, you know, behind the chair. And like you, I always like to get the story. And somewhere in the story, many of those interviews was, I, I was called, it, it, my soul was called to be a hairdresser when I was like a little kid. Like, you know, I'm playing with dolls, I'm doing my friend's hair this is so this is so cool I was doing hair when I was in you know middle school and high school in drama theater class I wasn't interested in you know being in the play but I just loved the makeup and the hair I wanted to do that pressure family of origin you know I so I go to college and nursing school I get degree. I get this, this some of these people are going and I was in a livelihood for five years with a whatever a business degree a nursing license or whatever and it was just it it, it was painful it was like punishment for a crime i didn't commit and i finally make the decision i'm gonna do this and so you go home whether it's one year after college five years after college i mean some of these people are 30 somethings married with children and making the announcement to their mates and their family look i'm gonna die i'm dying here and well, what do you want to (laughs) do i want to go to beauty school i want to do hair and it's like what? <laughs> and, and so, you know, part of that get, puts pressure on people because the world is saying you're, you're crazy. right? And so yeah. it's like, okay, I, I'm going to really get focused. I, I want to, first of all, feel vindicated, demonstrate to my family and friends that I'm not crazy. And, you know, here we are one, two, three, four years later, being interviewed by somebody like me, you know, making $100,000 a year you know, in a W-2 in gratuities, and all of a sudden now their world are going, what? <laughs> like, you're doing exponentially better than we had hoped you would do if you stayed on the path. So it's, you know, it, and it's just glorious to watch that experience. Oh, it's and, and when I ask those people that I interview, so what would you say to somebody that, you know, 18, 19, 20, and they, that, because that's the same question you asked me, they'll go, you just need to follow your soul. You need to follow your, it's a calling. If if you're called to do this, you're called to do this. And, they're, and, and and you know, in the good old days, you know, the argument was, well, you really can't make a lot of money. And that's just not the case now. I mean, they're, we're now trending, uh, graduates of, you know, cosmetologists in the profession, very high five-figure income, like as in. 80, 90 a year many of them are exceeding you know well into six figures and then of course you know you you have other opportunities as well so I would just yeah I would tell your view your listeners what my interviewees tell me, and that is follow your soul.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's something that Instagram and social media in general, I think that there are so many positives and so many negatives that come from how quickly things have changed in the industry. But I do think that one of the things that I've noticed just from being around um, talking to moms and dads of students that, that come in is I do think that people are starting to get the craft of it. Um, I do think that people are really starting to see that this is something that requires a lot of training. This is something that, um, you know, isn't like you just you go to school for a minute, they teach you how to do one haircut, and then you can do whatever you want in the industry. I think that people are starting to see a different side of it, but it's definitely slower coming. I mean, even now, there's still a lot of people that don't really understand what happens at a beauty school or what work is put in. Even after that year, um, you're not necessarily equipped to go. You know, take on the world. There's a lot of extra training that needs to happen. So I think that it's really important that we get this message out there of what these stylists are doing and what the work they've put in, and that it's not easy. That you know, there's chemistry, there's electricity, there's there's a lot that they're going to learn that people just have no
1: clue about. Right, right. It, it's, the good news is, is that we've never had the potential or greater income than we've had today you know and you've already underscored it with social media amongst some other things but you know the the whole truth is there are skill sets now that weren't in in, in re, that were not a reality you know two three four five years ago you know photography videography including all the now you know the hair color jedi so the, the art and science of hair color has never been finer and evolved, and even you know hair design with all the photography that's going on. Cameras don't lie. So yeah, while the bar has been raised, and you're going to have to work and be committed, uh, the 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 reward for that has never been greater.
0: Yeah. So I want to ask you also. So being in the industry for a little bit, being behind the chair you kind of switched gears a little bit into like you had said, coaching and, um, in helping other people to push their careers forward as well. So I think that you definitely have a gift. I think that that's something that is inside of you that you do really well. Um, so how did you know that you had, that you had that, um, or that you were able to do something different in the industry? Did you just know that there was a need for it and you want to run after it or how did that happen?
1: I'm I'm loving your questions. Uh, Well, uh, one was, you know, we all have that first person, those of us that, you know, kind of make it and we have a great ride in the industry, You, you know, in somewhere in that story was the first individual, you can call that person a leader, a coach, a teacher, an educator, a mentor. And that conversation changes the trajectory of our life, whatever trajectory we're on uh pales in comparison to a new path that we were put on and that that experience that change as an individual is extraordinary it's so big you can't talk about it and then you know for me it was like gosh i i want to be like my coach my mentor when i grow up because i can only imagine if i could be have the kind of influence that he or she has uh to to just stand watch stand and watch what happens to people that I help so before that I was a technical educator I was you know I was you know teaching hairdressing and I was also watching the number of newer educators coming in that frankly were at places you know one two years in that I wasn't in in a few years and so the technical education field looked very very uh, it was getting crowded and I just thought I saw gee that the, the, there really needs to be more coaches and mentors to help people with the other part. So, you know, that, that old saying, you know, find out what everybody is doing and don't do that. Yeah. And then try to look at what people really need that few people aren't doing and, and, and give that a shot. And I did that. And, um, you know, it worked It and it continues to work, I, you know, I'm, it, the, doing that continues to, as you know, if you love what you do and love who you're serving it, you, you get younged down. You, you don't really grow old.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it keeps you, um, it definitely keeps you interested too to be doing something different, um, to be helping people because every single where that you go, you're meeting a new person, you're hearing a new story. Like it's never the same thing. Like even if you have your speech Let's call it that your presentation um it's gonna be different everywhere that you do it because some questions gonna come up there's gonna be some conversation that's different from the city that you were in before, so I think that there is that part of it that is just like if you can um embrace that and if you can like really find the joy in that and appreciation for people um then I think that that makes the job easy, which I think goes hand in hand too, to being behind the chair. I think so many people come into this. Um, and I think the best part of the industry, when you talk to Silas is the connection, the human connection, the connection with their guests, um, the people that they get to help and the organizations that they get to be a part of. So if you're in it and you have that heart anyways, then I mean, it definitely just makes sense to go on to, to help Silas too.
1: Yeah. Well, well, well put.
0: Well, I want to talk to you about Summit. So um, at what point did you all create this program um, and tell our listeners kind of what Summit is now?
1: Yeah. You know, it was all of any so-called successes that I've had. They, you know, in retrospect, they were really more divine interventions than, you know, me sitting down and Putting a plan together it just you know your heart's in the right place there's an intuitive hunch you follow it and you know all of a sudden there's the big bang and summit was one of those i i was doing seminars a lot of seminars in the 80s and 90s and there were a number of people coming to the seminars and that's all i did i did some seminars and people could buy some tapes and books when they left but they were really it was left to them to to kind of implement i i just wasn't set up to help them. And, you know, to the degree, somebody's a self-starter. They go home, they crack open the books and the tapes, and they watch the tapes, and they read the books, and they build their salon, and good for you. But, you know, for every one that did that, there were a number of people that bought the same stuff, sat in the same class, and just couldn't. They just didn't have the self-directedness to do it on their own. And unbeknownst to me, there was a an individual, Randy Kunkel, who is the co-founder of Summit, him and I, you know, and and his wife, Sharon, and my wife, Mary, the four of us kind of put this together uh, in uh, 2000, 2001. He had been coming to my seminars and, and as a salon owner, he was doing really well. He was one of those people that would, you know, crack open the tape, watch it, read the book, do it. But he also is a very astute observer. He he saw there was a lot of people that would, wouldn't do that. And so he just began asking the question to People, you know, gee, would you, if you want, I'll come home with you and help you to get started with this. Like, we'll do this together. And, you know, I think he was asking, like, you know, $100, $200 a day. And uh, he had salon owners take him up on it. And he was getting really, really good at implementing what people were were learning at uh, my seminars. And I didn't know any of this. I was just kind of focused in my own Uh, you know little world and you know fast forward 1999 2000 he actually i bumped into him at a show and i remembered him from being in the class and he commenced to tell me what he was doing and he said i hope you don't sue me because i'm just (laughs) you know technically i'm using your materials and i said sue you i i'm fascinated first of all congratulations it sounds like you've, you know, found a nice little business for yourself. By then it was doing so well for him. He sold his salons and him and his wife, Sharon, were literally driving around parts of the region every single day, going into one more salon, helping them to implement. And there were distributors that were, were really beginning to talk about him as well, that that they liked what he was doing. And they con- continued to say, you know, you two guys compliment each other. Well, he dropped this idea. Michael, have you ever, th- what if, you know, you and I did seminars together, and then at the end, if people wanted to sign up, they could sign up. And then, you know, if you want to help me, great. If not, I'll give you a piece of, you know, the, the whatever piece of the fee that we'll figure that out so that you, we'll grow together. And, and I said, that sounds interesting. At the time, you know, I lived uh, in St. Paul uh, on an avenue, Summit Avenue, 1381 Summit. It was a sizable home. And we didn't have any place to do seminars, so we started doing seminars in our living room and uh you know first uh class we did yeah i don't know eight nine salon owners came, Randy and I did a couple of days together, and we were doing one on ones and people were signing up and so we didn't have a name and we did another one and the the local distributor said, "Hey, you guys are doing something and by then you know, I'd been with Redkin and Redkin going, What are you guys up to? And I said, We don't know yet, but stay tuned, more will be revealed. And so after about the third class he said, We gotta call this something and I s and I said, Well, why don't we just call it Summit? I live on Summit. When people come come in, they can just know that just go to thirteen eighty one Summit, they'll find it. And uh, you know, to make a long story less long, it got so big we couldn't do it in the house. My wife kicked us out. That's and-
0: so incredible. Do you ever when you have been so how, that was how many years ago did you say that you started doing that?
1: Uh, I think two thousand two, two thousand one, two thousand
0: two. So at this point, have you been able to, or has life kind of taken you back to any of those places, any of those salons, or any of those people that that started with you? Do you still have connections with them?
1: Oh my lord! The summit now has you know. I think there are. Uh, well over 3,000 salons that have been through it. And oh. the the, com- the community now is probably just this side of 50,000 service providers inside of that community. And, you know, many of these people go back to the first and second summit. And a lot of them have, you know, very successful salon spa companies, multiple units. And so, you know, when oh. I bump into them, I always go, I knew you before you were rich and terribly happy. <laughs> you know and, and there's a story there. And then, and then of course, you know, they have kind of a, they have their own now, what what would they call it? You know, when, when people are under you and you're growing them, uh, there's a word for it, it will come, but it, it, you know, they, they passed it on. They, you know, they, they paid it forward.
0: That's so incredible. I mean, just to think that you were just like, I mean, just the way that, this kind of guided you in the industry into how many people that you've been able to be in front of now, just strictly from this, like this sense of coaching and having that ability to coach people. I think it's really incredible. I've talked to um, several of the guests on this podcast have been um, through the program and just swear by it and have been able to say some really, really great things about the program. So I just think as things change and as the industry trains, you have adapted so well to that. Um, that it's still, I'm sure, a lot of what you talk about is is different you know, when you first started in, in your house to what you're teaching on today. But I, I think that so much of it probably is is still the same because what we're doing behind the chair, you know, matters so much. And the things that stylists need to be doing have to be pretty similar. So one of the questions that I actually had for you, and this transitions really well, is I wanted to ask you about stylists behind the chair and how you focus on on training them. What are some of the big mistakes or something that, you know, students can kind of start to focus on now to get their... Prepared on what not to do um, in the salon. What are some of the things that you that you coach on that would help a BD school student?
1: Yeah, and again, your question is very provocative, and the answer uh, it continues to evolve. I don't know that it it changes, but there's a new pieces of the the answer kind of come in every day. I mean, as you know, the you know now that we're in the so called social digital age the era and that you know you know digital is short for internet you know whether it's you know social media platforms on the internet websites whatever that just wasn't something that was quite the reality even you know two years ago so you know however i would answer the question i i'd need to be very cognizant of that piece there's some foundational pieces though that will never go away they're 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 eternal. They're they're timeless, and that is, you know, you got to have your heart's got to be in the right place, your head's got to be in the right place, and you know, yes, you're developing new skills, and some of the skills are people skills and technical skills and all that. It, you know, where you're 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 adding to your income by adding the next set of skills, but the other part of that is addition through subtraction. You know, what is it that's in me that if I don't keep an eye on it? it'll get in my way. It'll sabotage my chances. And that, you know, again, that's some of the the negative isms of attitude, you know, so, and we all have that. We all, and we all need coaches and mentors to help us to not only see that part, but to get that part behind us, you know, break it up, dissolve it, you know, because that part left unchecked will, you know, if you're lucky, It'll only severely handicap you. If you're not so lucky, it'll blow up your career. It'll it'll, you know, that's why you've got people that, you know, leave because they just and it's invisible to them. They need to have, you know, they need to have help with that part. And then once that part is is kind of, you know, handled, it's knowing that yes, while you do it, it's an art, there's also a business side to the art form there's a people side to the business. You know, how do you relate to people one-on-one? How do you serve? How do you communicate? How do you, how do you, how do you? And, you know, we, a lot of this stuff, we don't get in our, you know, elementary, middle and high school. Some of us get lucky in family of origin stuff, but we really need to learn that coming out and, you know, and to the degree that we have that we raise our probabilities of having a good ride. And then, you know, today on top of that, it's you, you really, really, really want to be cognizant of this reality that seems to be coming at all of us at like Mach 5 or point blank range called social media. If, if you you want to take that serious, if you want to get to higher ranges of income at, at much quicker periods of time. So what is that and how does that apply to what I'm doing for a living How to stay out of the drama part of that and really use that strategically to grow my clientele, to serve people, to grow my income. Those would be all of the those are all of the check off check boxes on someone's punch list if they wanted to be a great coach, or what I would need to have to do well as a hairdresser.
0: Yeah, and I think that all is so important. You you said something that um, I think is more important than anything, and that is attitude. Um, we all have bad days, and I think that we are in a place where, um, you know, we're just around, like the school that I work at is, you know, there's at any given time, you know, 200 students there um, studying different things, so studying different programs. But um, it never fails that there is a point in every single one of those students time at the school um, where you just kind of see a little bit of a shift in them. Um, So when I get to meet with them on the front end, it's all happy, it's exciting, it's pretty, they're seeing a school, they're excited about the opportunity to finally chase after their dreams. And so obviously, you know, we're talking about the happy side of it, um, all of the good things. Well, the truth is, is that it's beauty school. Um, You're there for, you know, in Tennessee, you're there for about a year, you know, given attendance percentages and stuff, um, but you're there for about a year. And there are challenges that maybe um, students didn't, you know, didn't expect to face. And so around 750 hours, which is halfway through their time, we see them just kind of hit a wall. Um, And as much as our instructors are trying to kind of catch that, or we are, you know, we try to see that, you know, on the administration side, and um, we try to catch that. That is a really big thing that students, you know, face. And so I want to talk to you about staying motivated in the industry, how to keep yourself going, um, you know, when you can feel like you've hit, you've hit a lull.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, your finger is right on the pulse, you know, for years, we would call it, you know, senioritis, you know, the, you know, the back half of school where, Everything's new the first 750 hours, maybe the first thousand hours, you know, you could get it. And then all of a sudden it, it's not new anymore. And there's a narrative and it's been around forever. And that is, you know, whatever is that I came here to learn has since been learned. I'm ready to go, but I got to hang out another, you know, 500, 750 hours. And then the narrative is, you know, gee, I'm this is I'm it's a free is a slavery. Mm-hmm. i'm oh you know, I'm, I'm i'm a prisoner and i have to it's one thing that i'm paying you know my tuition and now they want me to do hair on the floor and now i'm making a money you know blah 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 so you know the, i remember being you know afflicted by that you know 45 years ago so that's not new what is new today and you know when i am the conversations i'm having with students is You don't want to take that bait. You don't want to bite on that worm. That's a bad worm. And and the narrative is, but when I get out of here, I'm going to really turn it on and, you know, blop, blop on. It's like, well, no, as you are here, you're going to be that way out there. So you're, you're going to take you with you when you leave. And, you know, it's going to be new for a while, just like it was new here. And then it's not going to be and you're going to sing in the same song, but the lyrics gonna, are going to be different instead of, you know, I don't get any money. It's, I only get, you know, whatever you want to. And so you, you don't want to you, you want to I, I would call it unlearning. You, you need to unlearn that here and continue to stay close to people that get it, because not everybody is afflicted by the senior syndrome. Uh, there are people that that stay on their game, that stay awake in spite of going through the same thing. Who are these people? What educators can help you, can help guide you through that. And today, with with all the things we can be doing with our downtime as students, uh, with social media, you you really want to get that well-developed, everything well-developed in school so that you can get to places in your first year or two that frankly other people can't haven't gotten to in 10 years i mean that's possible if you take advantage of every hour that you're in school you're you're either going to take advantage of the potential in the hour or you're going to take the hour for granted there's two ways of taking it take advantage of it or take it for granted when you take advantage of that potential you're going to maximize it you're going to materialize it and leave school on a very fast on ramp. You take it for granted. You're going to lose. You're not going to lose in life. You're just going to lose that potential. And that you're going to need to deal with that out there. And if you think dealing with it in school at 750 or a thousand hours is is challenging, wait till you get out there. You can get you you can get out there and get stuck. You can blink, and you've been in the business five or ten years, and you're pretty much. Earning in your you know fifth or sixth year what you did your first and the only thing you got to show for it is you know bunions carpal tunnel you know and multiple personality syndrome so you really need to you you got to stay close to the winner stick with the stickers win with the winners um and stay away from people that are just kind of stuck in that old narrative
0: yeah and it's hard to explain too like. Um that they're going to miss this time, like all the, you know, when I hang out with graduates and, and talk to them, I mean, there's that part of like, I wish I would have enjoyed beauty school a little bit more. Or I wish I would have, you know, the students and the friendships that you make, there are so many positives of it. And I think that so many people focus on just the negative part of it. Like you said, I mean, when you said, you know, oh, I'm on the floor, and I'm just making them money now. I mean, that whole attitude, um, I can talk to two students that start at the same exact time, and two people are gonna, you know they're both going to have different views of it, and like you said, you've got to stay with that person that that is positive and just enjoy the ride. You know you've got this year that you're learning, you're getting to meet guest speakers, you're getting to talk to people from different salons, um, in the area. I mean you're getting education in there too that that you're not going to necessarily get when you you know that you when you get out. Um, it's going to be a lot more focused on you and what you're doing. Where in beauty school, I think that like it's easy to kind of have this collective a little bit of. Like, we're all learning this. We're all doing that. But when you're an apprentice, it's like, oh, no, this is on me now. 100%. You know, now I've got to focus on what I'm going to do to kind of to get ahead and be different. So I, it's frustrating to see that because for me, I'm, am just, I think in general, just a more like optimistic, I'm kind of like in my own little world anyways. And when I see that, I'm like, no, but remember how excited you were when you started and remember how happy you were to do this. I like want to record them and be like, no, watch this. Look how excited you were on your first day.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I have compassion for, cosmetology students you know especially those that go right from high school to you know for their first whack at post-secondary uh, education and you bring a lot of those narratives from high school with you and you really you know you you're with you're with your family of origin so there, it's an invitation to begin getting a life for yourself that's independent of family sooner rather than later and unfortunately you know when they when students go home at night, they're around people they've been around, you know, since second, third grade that still aren't in finding a life mode. So that's a common narrative of, you know, uh, you know, kind of a you owe me and you're using me. So you you really you really have to. It's a it's a tough shot. If you don't have a mentor to guide you through that, uh, it's real easy to get stuck.
0: Yeah, and that's a great question. So even when you're in the career, how, how do you find that person? How do you know when you found somebody um, that is actually going to be able to help you and guide you in the right direction?
1: Well, today the answer is, you know, fortunately today, if, if you can't find it in real life, like if you're lucky, you can find a good educator in school that gets it. And, you know, that they're, they're way more than teaching, preparing you to do hair for a state board. They're just—they're an Obi-Wan. They're a Jedi. They're—they're—they're they're, they're really a great. They're as much of a life mentor as they are an educator. And sometimes you have one or more of those, and then you're and in your uh, company, I'm sure that's part of your culture. So, you know, if I, when I'm talking to your people, it's like that's one of the the giftless purchases when you you come here. Take advantage of that. But in addition to that, or in lieu of that, if you don't have access, uh, you can live on YouTube. So, you know, we have, you know, there, I, I today in my own life, there are many, many teachers that I have that don't even know me. I, you know, I, I podcast, you know, I Bluetooth my mobile off of a YouTube and, and listen. I don't have to watch somebody, you know, do a class. I, I can listen to that in drive time. And that's one of that's become a very, very, very important part of my I'm still a student. You know, I'm, who, who's mentoring the mentor? yeah. And that's what, and then, of course, there are people that in my life that I actually pay money to every other week for an hour. My, you know, my mentor, Ann, I give her $150 and we know why I'm here. Continue to teach me, uh, because you, if, as long as you don't stop learning, you won't stop earning. Le- I think learning and earning rhyme, for, and that's more than a coincidence. I think they correlate. So you, you really need to be around somebody to help you to get clear about where you're at, where you want to go, and if you don't have that figured out, they help you to figure that out and then help you to get on the track, stay on the track, and when you fall off the track, and you will, get back on the track sooner rather than later And, you know, so we have a lot of different resources to help us do that today.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of us in this industry can agree that like it's easy to we uh, I don't know. I think a lot of us have these big ideas and I want to do this and do this and this and this. Um, You've got to rein that in. Um, You have to give focus to what needs your focus. And it's easy to get off track. And it's easy, especially behind the chair, to have client after client. I mean, you're you barely have time to eat lunch let alone figure out all of the other things that come along with it. So I do think that scheduling is really important. I think that making the time for uh, for the things that are making you happy and, and the things that need your attention. One of the things that I had to learn as a mom really quickly was just that balance of when I'm home, I'm at home. When I'm at work, I'm at work. And when I'm driving, when I'm driving, you know, like stop trying to think of all of these other things all the time and just focus on what you're doing. Um, That comes with growth as well. I think that just is something that comes with with getting older and as you take on more responsibility also. So I do think that there are things that students just kind of need to learn that they're kind of just going to have to fall into once they get into the industry. Um, But I think, like you said, having somebody to guide you through that is everything
1: yeah yeah I, what came up for me as I was listening to you speak about it it's really well said. Summit one of Summit's words is career pathing. So are you clear about the path you're on and the next rite of passage and the next milestone? And oh by the way, it begins about hour one in beauty school. So are you as clear about your career path in beauty school? You're going to be in school for a year in whatever number of hours Are you clear about where you want to be? In your 1500th hour or your last day, and there are milestones in that path. Are you aware of the milestones? Are you aware of the timing to get you to each milestone? Are you aware of how many opportunities do you have to make that window of time before you sacrifice that milestone and graduate at a level that's that's less than the level you would have been at uh, when when you you know if you would have stayed awake and it goes back to our conversation a few minutes ago, this is why you don't want to stop at 750. You don't want to stop at 1,000, because if you stop there, trust me when I tell you, there will be a level that you're going to stop out, stop at when you get out there, and then you'll stay there. So you, you, you get to whatever the potential is in that facet of your career, and if you don't know what those milestones are, trust me when I tell you, there are people that are in that era of your life with you now. Educators, th- that coaches, mentors—they'll tell you those milestones. They'll—they'll—they'll they'll, they'll help you to get there. But you can't stop, and you can't listen to people that have a false narrative about, you know, why you should stop. I call it, you know, rational rational explanations for irrational decision making. That's insane. Stay away from those people and stay close to people that that are having this conversation.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, so you've done a lot over the years, and I'm sure it's hard for you to kind of like look back. I'm sure it all is is a little bit of a blur, but I know just kind of how life is that there's these things that stick out. What would you say, you know, over the last little bit has been like a highlight of your career? or a person that you've met that has, you know, really you've seen grow and, and brought fulfillment? Or what what's a highlight of what you've done?
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, I'm on the back end of my ride, my, my career. It's been an ex- a glorious ride. So I've got you know another a couple of years left in my contracts with L'Oreal Professional, and as well as Summit. And I'm already, you know, I'm, I've already kind of got in the back of my mind. I call it Michael Cole. Next, you know, what what's next for me? And as I, you know, stand in the back of the boat and look at a, you know, a 40 year ride there were those definable moments there there were those points where i call them holy jumping off places where the trajectory once again was changed from you know being you know my first coach in in, in 1979 that you know helped me to see it, it, it turned the trajectory and then that ride lasted probably Back until, you know, I stayed with him for, you know, probably 15 years. He was my coach. He passed away in the early 90s. And I got so busy in retrospect, enjoying the success that I, I I started slacking. I started, you know, there's a difference between, you know, breaking into the new versus coming up with a new way of talking about the old. And and that's complacency where, where you just, you know, I'm doing the same old stuff, but it, I'm doing it in a new enough way that people don't know that I'm slacking. And it's not like I knew that. It's just I had fallen into that. And I got stuck in, in 1999. There was, you know, some crisis that happened in my life. There was some physical stuff, some emotional stuff, some spiritual stuff. And uh, it woke me up and I was, you know, introduced to the next holy jumping off place. And it was one of those, you know, do I get busy living or get busy dying? And by dying, I mean, you know, this looks like it's an early retirement. I mean, if you do the math, 99 was 20 years ago. I was, you know, 45. So uh, I just decided, you know, that, okay, I'm not done. I, I've got I've to go back to the drawing board and, 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 and re-engage as a learner. And it worked. I, you know, I frankly, I, Redkin saw it and, and they were going to let me down uh, softly. And, uh, you know, I, at the end of that year, I was going to walk away and they said, no, no, something's happening to you. You, they called it renaissancing. You seem to be renaissancing. And I didn't know what the word meant, but basically today we would use the word reinvented. You're, you're reinventing yourself again. Uh, and I don't know that I, I've reinvented myself, but I've been reinvented by engaging in the the conversation that you and I have been engaged in now for you know forty five minutes, and that is get back to learning. And so you know then then some happened, and then and then, and then and then and then and then and then there are all of these you know I hit another bump in two thousand ten, and again a holy jumping off place in two thousand fifteen. Frankly. I thought I was done. It was like, okay, you know, what is that? Uh, five years ago, four years ago, I was uh, like, I just flipped into 61, 62 ish. And I thought, okay, I, I know better. I'm, I'm back to coming up with new ways of talking about old stuff. And I darn near retired. And then, you know, Facebook Live was launched at Facebook. And I happened to be blogging on Facebook. And I saw something. And somebody said, why don't I was like, I think I was on Facebook Live the first day it was launched and somebody said, you know, go find hairdressers that are crushing it and interview them. And I did, and I had no idea. And that was one more thing that changed the trajectory. So now, you know, it's 2019 and, and it, it, I'm, I'm in the game again. And, you know, how long will that last? It's, you know, that old saying, you know, God knows I don't let go of God, hang on for the ride, stay humble stay a learner, and, you know, more will be revealed.
0: Well, I think I'm sitting here smiling, and I know that we ended up not FaceTiming, like, for the audio reasons, but I'm sitting here smiling so much because when you asked the question about having a highlight, um, yours all started with being like, oh, wait, no, I think I'm done. Like, I think I want to get out of this. Um, and your highlights coming from, like, picking back up and having those changes, I think that's a really, really beautiful thing. And I think that if we can all learn to kind of adapt with those and instead of, you know, this is the end of the world, I'm like over this and and just knowing that something really awesome can come from it and especially in this industry with how things change so, so, so fast, you don't know what your next step is going to be. I mean, I know... I have friends that are in the salons that have picked up things like adding boutiques to the salon. And that's really changed and given them something to mix up their week that they're really, really passionate about and having fun building those other businesses inside of their their businesses as well. So I think that I think that your message of learning to grow in those moments and not letting it stop you is so important. And I can't wait for students to hear this or the people in the industry that have been in there for 20 years that might be experiencing that feeling. I think if we can uh, we can just love that moment and, and grow from it, I think we'll all be a lot better.
1: Oh, yeah. I, that, that old saying that we become like those we associate with most, that if, to students, and I say it all the time, you have lifelong friends that are just winners and you haven't even met them yet. Uh, you know whatever your homies were before you got here you're going to blink it's going to be 10 years and you're going to you, you know there's going to be a whole new community just make sure that you've surrounded yourself with people that are in the conversation that you and I've been having you know the last 50 minutes where we're just it's it's a it's not a secret conversation but it's sacred because a lot of people don't get it it it, it requires extraordinary courage yeah. Um, you know, to, uh, you know, to be, uh, you know, successful in this industry, it's not a ride for the faint of heart. No. It takes perseverance. It takes persistence. It takes discipline. It takes faith. It takes hope it takes a high threshold for, for pain. It's extraordinary. It's what do they call it? Excruciatingly wonderful. And you, but you have to find not, you don't need a whole bunch of them, but a handful of people that are in the conversation and and And, make sure that you have ample time around them because they're gonna help you through these times, these definable moments of when you know you you go back to the herd and frankly you can't have the conversation in the herd like the conversation you and I are having right now,
0: yeah, and just making sure that you have people around you that are you yeah. know, supportive and and willing to have the conversation as well. I think that that's everything you're not gonna do this alone um I think a lot of people sometimes that can be you can become competitive in the salon or even at the at beauty school. I know I have students that will come in my office and they'll be like, Well, so and so did it, you know, so much better and so much faster and so much, you know, you you have to rein that in a little bit as well. Like it's good to have that competitiveness, that drive, but you cannot set your path based on what the person next to you is doing. You're gonna have a different path. And, yeah. you know, just following that's important. So um, one of the things I wanted to make sure that we, we did today was to make sure that everyone knew where to follow you. Um, we've done, like I said, we've been following you, stalking you a little bit at the school, getting ready for you to come in and talk to us. But where um, is the best place to follow what you're doing?
1: Well, if you go anywhere online and you put into whatever the search bars are, whether you're, you're hitting a Google search bar or a Facebook search bar, an Instagram search bar, a YouTube search bar, and you just put in Michael Cole Summit, all one word, Michael Cole Summit, you, it'll bring you to all of my community. So, you know, I have a Facebook community, Michael Cole Summit, an Instagram community, Michael Cole Summit, a, a YouTube community, Michael Cole Summit, so summit's my last name now and um and and when you go there you you'll you know you'll see it and and if you have if you struggle in finding it chances are you won't have to look far for people around you that have been there and they'll you know they'll help you to navigate a click path to find it and then um hang out with me i i'm as you know i i i, I blog multiple times a day on Instagram, multiple times a day on uh, Facebook. Uh, You know, I think I'm, you know, probably just the side of a thousand YouTubes uh, and it just, I, I, I do this now it's become more than a career. It's a calling. Uh, And it sometimes it makes my partners nervous because it's, you're giving away all this incredible content for free. And it's like, well, yeah, but content isn't, you know, people need a coach to help them to implement the content that you're giving them. So I'm, I'm kind of moving out of, you know, buying a video or buying an audio, watch this, and then find one of our people to help you implement what you watch. And that's really where summitsalon.com, that website, if you go on summitsalon.com, there's going to be people that'll help you to implement something. And they don't need to now, it's not, no longer about planes, trains, and automobiles you can get online with somebody, whether you're Facetiming them, Zoom dot them, go to meeting, uh, in for an hour, and, and you know a hundred or a couple hundred bucks, they're gonna they're gonna help you to take content that you got off of my platforms to the learning curve, way way better, faster, so you can get to where you want to go,
0: quicker. Yeah. Well, I love that. And we're so, so, so excited to see you. I'm excited to um, talk to you in person. So we've only got a little bit longer. It's like April 23rd, I think. So just a little bit longer until you'll be like in the flesh with us. And we're so excited about that. So thank you for being with us today. Um, thank you to our sponsor, Tennessee School of Beauty. You can visit them at beauty.com follow them at TN School of Beauty on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to follow me at Beauty School Bobby. Visit our website ww.beautyschoolbobby.com. We you can find all of our episodes. Thank you again so much, Michael. And until next time, guys. Bye.